Hi, Rebels. This Financial Literacy Month, Rebel Girls teamed up with Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families, to bring you everything you need to be smart with your money and to build healthy habits that last a lifetime. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to make smart choices with every penny, whether you're saving for something special or learning to invest. Greenlight gives kids the power to be independent and grown-ups can trust that their kids have money wherever they are. Sign up at greenlight.com slash rebelgirls to get your first month at no cost and start building money confidence for life. Hey Rebels, you ever feel like you have so much energy inside you that you need to climb the nearest mountain, cartwheel on a trampoline, or run a marathon? Well, you're going to hear an awesome story about someone who did just that, even when people told her it was impossible. Her name is Katherine Switzer, and she's fierce, fabulous, and a force to be reckoned with. Stay tuned till the end so we can find out what you love about her, too. And now, on with our show. Once upon a time, there was a girl who loved to run. Her name is Catherine. Rain, sleet, snow, or hail, Catherine ran through it all. In fact, one day she was running through a blustery December snowstorm with her buddy Arnie when they had an important conversation that went something like this. Oh, it is. But nothing like Boston. Did I ever tell you about the time I ran the Boston Marathon during a hailstorm? Uh, yeah. We get up to Heartbreak Hill, and the winds were <laughs> smacking us in the face. I swear it was... Arnie, I love this story. I do. But I'm sick of talking about the Boston Marathon. I want to run the darn thing. What? Ladies can't run and... Ahem. <clears throat> I mean, listen. If any lady could pull it off, it'd be you. But... But nothing. Let's do this. And with that, Catherine took off. Her soggy sneakers tearing down the road. She was ready to show Arnie and the world just how far she could go. The year was 1967. In the United States, lots of people were coming together for sit-ins and protests to fight for equal rights. But still, Catherine's friend Arnie made a valid point. No ladies had ever officially run the Boston Marathon before. Well, Catherine was going to change that. At the time, she was a journalism student at Syracuse University. She loved running, but there was no women's team, so she began training unofficially with the men's cross-country team instead. That's where she met Arnie, who was actually the mailman for the university. Arnie had run the Boston Marathon 15 times before Catherine started training to run with him. And she trained hard. All winter long, no matter how cold it got, she laced up her sneakers and 
hit the hills of Syracuse, charging into the bitter wind and circling the frozen lakes. Arnie was impressed. In fact, one time she pushed him so hard that he passed out after their run. If she could push Arnie that far and still keep going, Catherine figured surely she could run the Boston Marathon. So the next day, she signed up. There was nothing on the form that said only men could enter the race. There wasn't even a box to check for gender. She mailed in her $3 entry fee, signed her name at the bottom of the form, K.V. Switzer. That's how she always signed official documents. Catherine didn't tell her parents about the marathon until the night before the race. When she got to Boston, she called them from a motel. Hello? Hey, Mom, it's Kathy. Kathy! How are you? Hun, it's Kathy. Hey, kid, how you doing? Good. I mean, yeah, good. Can I tell you something? First, she had to explain to her parents what a marathon was and why she traveled to Boston with a mailman named Arnie, a track teammate, and her burly football player boyfriend who decided to come along at the last minute. Her parents listened to her whole explanation and didn't interrupt. Catherine finished by saying the one thing she knew for sure. It is important for me to finish the race. She waited to hear what her parents would say. As she waited, all her fears and anxieties started swirling around in her brain. What if she tripped and fell? Or someone opened a car door in her face? What if she got sick? What if it just hurt so much she couldn't find the courage to go on? But Catherine's dad's calm voice cut through all her fears. Kid, you can do it. You're tough. You've trained. You'll do great. Catherine breathed a sigh of relief. She looked out at the dark, rainy skies and knew he was right. She was tough. She did train. And now, it was go time. When Catherine woke up the next morning, she looked out her motel window and saw freezing rain and sleet coming down. Okay, she sighed. Let's do this. Catherine put on her gold hoop earrings and her favorite lipstick. Then, she and her crew, Arnie, her teammate, and her boyfriend drove to the starting line and picked up their racing bibs. Catherine said, K. Switzer, number 261. As she pinned it onto her chest, she felt goosebumps rising all over her body. People around the starting line began to notice there was something a little different about this K. Switzer. They gave her curious looks. They asked her questions, too. You gonna go the whole way? Catherine smiled proudly. Yes, she was gonna go all the way. At least, that was the plan. As soon as the starter pistol went off, Catherine felt a jolt of energy rush through her. 
She had worked so long for this moment, and it was really happening. She and her Syracuse crew tried to keep a calm pace, but they couldn't help laughing and waving at all the people cheering them on. More and more people were pointing at the runner with bib number 261. Around mile four, Catherine and her friends heard a commotion behind them. People were jostling and trying to get to the side of the road as a big flatbed truck came rolling through. When the truck passed her, Catherine saw that the back was filled with photographers and they were all trying to snap pictures of her, the only woman in the race, the only woman who had ever officially raced to print in newspapers and magazines. But up ahead on the race course, Catherine heard yelling. It was a man dressed up in a long coat and a felt hat. Clearly, he wasn't one of the runners. He was standing in the middle of the road, shaking his finger at Catherine. She tried to run around him, but as she did, he reached out and yanked off one of her gloves. Get out of my race! Give me those numbers! He shouted. The man lunged at her and tried to pull the racing bib right off her sweatshirt. Catherine was terrified. She tried to run away, but now he caught her by the back of the sweatshirt and held on tight. Leave her alone, Jock! Arnie shouted. Stay out of this! Suddenly, her boyfriend Tom took the guy down with a crossbody block. Whoever this Jock guy was, he was now lying on the side of the road. Catherine was in shock. Turns out, the man Tom had just tackled was none other than Jock Semple, the manager of the Boston Marathon. Catherine tried to focus and just keep running, but there was so much going on, people knocking into each other and cursing. The truck full of reporters and photographers was still on her tail. And then, here comes Jock Semple. Somehow, he had hopped on the back of a bus and was yelling at her all over again. Well, that decided it. She wasn't stopping. She was going to finish this race no matter what. It felt like it took forever. But after running through the damp cold for over four hours, Catherine rounded a corner onto Boylston Street and she saw what she had been dreaming of for so long. The finish line. She had really done it. Even with all those people hounding her and trying to pull her off course, Catherine Switzer had run the entire Boston Marathon. That very night, Catherine and her team got in the car and started their drive back to Syracuse. They were about halfway when they stopped for some gas and a cup of coffee. That's when Catherine spotted a newspaper. Plastered across the front page were pictures of her. There was Jock Semple, trying to rip her bib off. And Tom, taking Jock down. And best of all, Catherine, at the finish line. Catherine realized that she made history that day. She showed herself and the world how strong a woman could be, not only physically, but mentally too. She had faced anger, discrimination, 
pain and fear. And she had run right through it, right through to the finish line. Hey again, Rebels. What do you think of Katherine Switzer's story? Isn't it wild that it wasn't that long ago when women weren't allowed to be in marathons? Since that fateful day, Katherine has been running and advocating for women's sports so that everyone can reach the finish line. What about you? Is there some race or tournament that you're gearing up for? What inspires you when you're feeling super tired or scared that you can't make it? Who do you picture cheering you on? Make sure you hit the heart button and let us know what you think. Now, let's get to our next story and don't forget to stay Rebel. Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features, like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening.